we do every single Saturday on these airwaves. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. This is Citizen Watch on Versace News Talk Station 107.3 FM, 1480 AM. Come on! As you were said. Livingston. El Nido. Nido. El Nido. And all of the little communities up and down the 99 and the I-5, two of the major drug corridors here in the community. Ah, the heart of our community here in the little little county of mercy. That's right, uh, Merced, California. Here we are Saturday morning. That's right, a new show. Can you believe it? You're uh, sitting there at home going, if he says June 11th, one more time. No, it's uh, we've made it to July. I was able to, uh, oh, gee, I have to do everything myself. You know, Dave Luna has a staff. Let me move my microphone over here while I while I move with the CD player. Remember, you remember CDs, folks? Uh-oh, door closed. We have the uh, single unit, the TAC. Quality unit, actually. Uh, but Dave Luna has a staff, and you don't want to miss his show tonight. When he brings the full staff, I have to come in. I have to announce. It's all live, if you believe that. The uh, Cruising with the Big Kahuna, Dave Luna. That's right. It's uh, costing a lot more these days. Let's see what do we got going here. My word, you know that there's a lot of buttons here. Ah, oh, little Van Halen going out. Anyway, uh, cruising with the big Kahuna, Dave Luna. You don't want to miss that. Starting at five o'clock every Saturday night. It's uh, really becoming expensive to cruise with Dave. Sometimes you can't even start the car for less than a couple of bucks. Boy, that's it's expensive, isn't it? But here we are, Saturday morning, July second. That's right, Independence Day. One of uh, one of my favorite movies, actually, uh, the Independence Day weekend here in the Valley. Lots of events going on, starting well. I guess they've already started because most people have <laughs> most people have taken off work. It's like a ghost town around here the last week. I guess it worked out if you took last week off, uh, then you don't have to come back until I don't know what next Wednesday or something. <laughs> a lot of people taking Monday off. Us, uh, I don't know, possibly. Uh, we did take a little time off uh, earlier in, uh, well, the latter part of June, after the fair. I think the last time we met was around June 11th. And that was the day, the sales day, there at the fair. Uh, very successful. Uh, record-breaking, actually, the fair. Uh, so much to talk about. But uh, after that, uh, you know, too much fun. I ain't never had too much fun. Well, I think I might have. Because I, I caught something. You know, I thought, I kind of teased on the air. If I don't catch COVID now, I never will. And I, here I thought I did because I had a respiratory situation going on. I tried to do the news a couple of days. People go, man, you were fading out. And I was. And so I uh, ended up taking a week or so off to recuperate from that. And uh, I missed you all. I really uh, you know, wanted to come in and do a couple of shows. But it was just, it was difficult. Uh, it was difficult enough to do the news. But here we are today, July 2nd, uh, the first Saturday of July. We're halfway through the year, and the reason I know that, I just had to fill out my FCC quarterly reports, and uh, this was the second quarter, and I know there's four quarters in a year, so if you take MCOE math, two goes into four, uh, well, it's half. So it's halfway through the year, and here we are. So it's uh, it's amazing how fast the year has gone. Quite a week in the uh, national scene, wasn't it? Wasn't it? 
Oh, my shorts. Anyway, so many things, uh, so many things going on. But this is Fourth of July weekend. A lot of things going on here in the community, of course. Atwater uh, having a, a big fireworks show. And no, I'm not talking about the special meeting this morning to determine if they're going to put Measure H back on the ballot. No, I'm talking about the fireworks show that they normally have over there at Castle Air Force Base. Our favorite Air Force Base that's no longer an Air Force Base. Still looks like an Air Force Base because uh, there hasn't been a lot of remediation done. No thanks to Jim Costa. Has anybody missed Jim Costa yet? Is he still around? Anyway, there's going to be a big fireworks show over there at Castle Air Force Base. An absolutely wonderful event that they have every year packed. I think they charge so much per car. It's unbelievable. However many you can uh, can get in there safely, uh, get through the gate. No walk-ins because they don't they don't want traffic problems over there on Santa Fe. It's a, it's a busy road. You got the trains. You got all the things going on. But anyway, the fireworks show and always on the fourth of July. No matter when the fourth is this this year, of course, it's Monday. And Atwater has a parade. I understand there's no more entries available. It's full. I think they have 80, 80 slots. So, I mean, you know, how many cars you want to sit through, right? And then they're going to have a big deal over at the park. What is it, Ralston? I think it's Ralston over there. I hope I got that right. Uh, big, big, big deal. You know, they have all the vendors, everything. One thing that was a little, I don't know, disappointing, I guess, uh, to hear during, uh, well, one of our other shows, Community Conversations, Roger Wood, the organizer was saying, well, you know, you got if you're a vendor, you got to bring a generator because... All the wiring's been removed, evidently as a uh, either a precautionary measure or it was removed by others due to the vandalism from homelessness, vagrants, uh, drug addicts, that sort of thing over there in the park in Atwater. And it just, you know, it took me a minute. I was just amazed. I was talking to somebody the other day. I said, you know, I remember as kids, you know, growing up here in the community, you know, 12, 13 years old. And can you imagine rolling over to Atwater and just start, you know, ripping out the wiring out of the landscaping? over there at Ralston Park and, you know, start turning it in over there at Atwater Salvage and uh, getting away with that. Don't you think somebody would have would have said something back in the day, maybe some sort of consequence? But now, we fast forward to 2022, our Independence Day, and uh, we don't have power in the park for the vendors. Everybody has to run generators, extension cords, you know, uh, I don't know, solar, you know, definitely off the grid over there. But it's just sad. It's just sad. And we see that in so many situations around the community where things have been desecrated, decimated, and nobody appreciates the investment of our tax dollars as a community that we put towards these issues. And yet all we can do is come up with reasons for more taxation, reasons for more fees, property-based improvement districts downtown. Hey, you want cops? Well, gee, what do I get with my tail? Well, I just asked you a question. Do you want cops? And, and this is it's offensive. It's offensive not only to see the damage, uh, but to see the, uh, to see the response from government. You know, you go over there, the new G Street underpass, and I say new. I know it's been there a few years, what, 10 years now, but it's still uh, quite the accomplishment. Galgiani, uh, Ellie Wooten, a lot of the uh, local folks back in the day, Getting that done, uh, a major bottleneck for public safety. And where are the letters? Over there on the little sign, you know, as you go uh, northbound, 
you come up out of the uh, out of the rise and there's the wall looks like the water's falling and there's nothing it used to say merced then somebody took the er and then uh, now it says nothing because they've taken all the letters now the er was replaced it wasn't as weathered as the other brass letters and you know, I think I've answered my own question why they were taken, because they were brass. You know, and when does it end? Remember years ago when they took the urns? And I say they, I'm talking about the bums, the transients, the vagrants, the drug addicts, the criminals that would desecrate our little community. Not only here in Merced, but the electrical in Atwater in the park. You remember when they took the, the urns and dumped the ashes out? And then turned it in for recycling. We have the same thing going on now with these catalytic converters. We know who the players are, and it's just disgusting. So anyway, the letters are all gone. And not only that, there was a big plaque. You'll see the indentation in the mortar where that used to be on that same monument. So again, I understand the cameras over there are just for looks. Like so many things in Merced, it's just a facade you know, it looks like, a, you know, what is this, a Hollywood set? Very disappointing. Very disappointing. But anyway, in Atwater, there's going to have a big, uh, big, big deal on Monday over there at the park, if you can uh, hear over the sounds of the generators. There will be a rib booth. I know that uh, our good friend Roger Wood, who uh, is on these airwaves, you know, after our show here at 6, with community conversations every Saturday at 7 a.m. You don't want to miss him. And if you do, you can go to 1480kyos.com. And there's a uh, wonderful uh, toolbar there, and I think it says podcast. You click on that. Not only does community conversations come up, Roger's show, but this wonderful show, Citizen Watch. And you can listen at your leisure. Uh, several, Several hundred shows there. For you to listen to, if you don't, if that doesn't put you to sleep, if you have an insomnia, I don't know what will. Better than any narcotic. It's almost like listening to Dr. Gomes back in the day when he would rattle on. But uh, we tease. Anyway, they're all right there, so you can listen to Roger's show. But he's going to have a rear, uh, rear booth, a, a uh, rib booth over there at the park. They sell the, por- the uh, beef ribs. They're big. Look like Fred Flintstone ribs. So uh, make sure you get out there to Atwater. It's going to be a fun time. You know, I, I, uh, it's just disappointing, you know. It's just disappointing that we can't keep wire in conduits so that when we do have, uh, you know, park, you know, events, we can't uh, use the facilities that were there for years and years and years and at, that somehow survived. And, of course, that gets to the bigger issue uh, there in Atwater when you talk about surviving Lately, that's been difficult, especially for four individuals, is the murders in Atwater, well, they're off the chart. For a community of that size, there was an appeal by Brian Raymond, Councilman Raymond, at the last city council meeting this past Monday. Excuse me, was it? Yeah, was it Monday? I think it was Monday they had a council meeting. They've already changed the calendars here. Who did that? Anyway, uh, the last Monday in June, they had a council meeting over there. And Brian Raymond, at the end of the meeting, Councilman Raymond, who I thought was maybe going to run for mayor, but evidently not, said, uh, hey, is there any possibility of uh, getting some more overtime for the police department? And uh, evidently, uh, unbeknownst to Councilman Raymond, they are maxed out on overtime, according to Chief uh, Michael Salvador. 
the savior from Kolinga, who came over a couple of years ago after all the tumultuous leadership changes over there in Atwater and seemed to have calmed things down, uh, quite frankly. A steady hand, a, uh, you know, a, a presence. Uh, you know, you, you don't mess with Salvador, Chief Salvador. Yeah, a lot of great ideas, a lot of uh, ideas. Unfortunately, uh, you know, it's you need money. You need money, but he made a lot with less and uh, is doing so now. But the murder rate, two murders in a week over there in Atwater, young people being killed in the streets of Atwater, completely unacceptable to the council and really no response to it because there's no overtime. There's no personnel. They need to hire people. They need people as so many departments do. But, hey, who wants to be a cop these days with the way the profession has been vilified even by our own city council members in some cases. Who wants to be a cop? Raise your hand. Who wants to be subjected to that as a career for 20 or 30 years? So anyway, it's bad over there in Atwater. And today there will be a special meeting at 10.15. I looked online to see when this was posted. It says uh, July 1st, signed by Mayor Pro Tem Kale. Coincidentally, uh, King Paul, nowhere on the document, but I, I assume he'll be there. Hopefully they'll have a quorum because they need to decide whether they're going to put their public safety tax back on the ballot again. And when I say again, for the second time, because uh, this isn't the first time they've taken a bite of the apple there. Hey, can you believe how quick these segments go? My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. So many things to talk about. So many good things going on in our community. It's Independence Day weekend. The freedoms that we enjoy. The ability for me to come and talk to you freely. Only in America. It's a wonderful thing and we should celebrate that this weekend. And every weekend by dancing the night away. We'll be right back. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk. 107.3 FM. 1480 AM, KYOS Citizen Watch. Stick with us. Saturday morning, it's early. <laughs> My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. Citizen Watch on Merced's News Talk Station 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Shout out to all my friends, especially out there in Michigan. You're dancing the night away out there. Yeah. As well you should. Uh, but that doesn't mean we don't miss you. Hey, here we are. Second segment. 
So many things going on. Oh, let's get ready for the next one. Dave Luna has a staff. That guy, you ought to see him. Has a breakfast bar on Friday morning. Every once in a while, there's some there's some link sausages left, and we get a couple here at the station. Yeah, doing a little Van Halen. I know. I'm gonna try to do a little uh, little Kid Rock for our friends up there enjoying the summer in Northern Michigan. A great song. Hey, here we are again. Uh, so many things going on. We were talking about the Atwater. City Council having a special meeting today. That's right, a holiday weekend. A uh, order, I don't know, notice of meeting, I guess it's called. They have to post these things 24 hours in advance. So I assume at 10.15 yesterday morning, there was a thumbtack, uh, a piece of paper going up over there at the city of Atwater, the council chambers. You can't miss them. It's the uh, the big solar panels over there. You think your electric rates are high. Woo! Chihuahua! Anyway, today at 10.15, they've called a special meeting of the Atwater City Council to discuss placing the... I mean, there's a couple of real minor issues there, but the big one, the big one, is to uh, refloat Measure H. Now, if you remember, Measure H is the City of Atwater's version of the public safety tax. Uh, When this passed the first time, uh, people were counting the votes, as, uh, specifically Frank Petro, who was the city manager slash chief of police slash savior of Atwater at the time. Because I, I think uh, under his leadership, under his guidance, under his uh, steady eye, and again, you know, I, under- <laughs> I think Frank was underappreciated, quite frankly. But anyway, uh, he did a good job, and he got the Measure H over the hump. The problem with all of these measures when they were first floated back in the day, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, Measure C and Merced, same thing. They're not having a special meeting, but they're having a meeting Tuesday night, July 5th, at the City Council, City of Merced, where they will be discussing placing Measure C back on the ballot But the reason they have to do that is these measures had what they call sunsets. The sunrise is when the voters decided, yeah, we want to tax ourselves a little more for public safety and fire. And so, you know, the sun rose, you you feel the heat for a few years, and then the thing sets. And uh, hopefully by that time you've figured out another funding means. Well, (laughs) the dirty little secret is it only got worse in the subsequent years. Since Measure C and Measure H were passed, especially for the city of Atwater. So now they're faced with extending this measure or, uh, quite frankly, in the city of Atwater's case, uh, losing their police department. They've already lost their fire department years ago. When I say lost, it was in-house. There was an Atwater fire department, no more. And they tried to hang on to that. There was a couple of old-timers that were on the board that, you know, wanted to go back down memory lane and thought that they could, you know, thought that they could resurrect it. But once it's gone, it's gone. And so Cal Fire is the de facto fire department in Atwater, as it is in so many communities, the state agency, because they have the resources. They can, you know, spread the love around as far as the dwindling number of resources, you know, play musical chairs with the equipment, make it seem... As if you've got that good coverage, you know, when you drop the dime at 911, hey, they're coming, aren't they? Unless they're busy with something else. Anyway, so the uh, the big deal is how do we keep funding the cops in Atwater? Because we've uh, talked quite candidly on this show many times that uh, the sheriff 
could be patrolling the mean streets at Atwater at any time. And there's been an acknowledgement of this in recent council meetings by the council. But they have kicked the can down the road, or maybe maybe their heads have been in the side. I don't know, but they just they have not addressed this issue. And the council has been warned by the citizenry many, many times in public comment. You know, you have to wait until the end, which, you know, the Atwater meetings are only about an hour and a half. King Paul gets them. He's gaveling at him, gaveling him out. I mean, they're bang, bang, bang. You know, it looks like, you know, they're nailing up two by fours over there. It's, uh, it's, it's in and out, in and out. But yet, uh, a couple of voices uh, consistently coming up and saying, hey, hey, what are we going to do about Measure H? Are we going to extend it? And a lot of those voices wanting to put a full percentage point. Now, this is the problem. I think this is the Achilles of the measure. If you go too big, too fast, too much, too strong. I mean, hey, we're approaching 10% on sales tax out there. And there's other needs, my friends. There's other needs. And this is the thing that was so offensive of a sunset to think that we were so pious that we could we could figure it out. Hey, you know what? We know better. You know, give us 10 years. We'll, we'll get some revenue in, you know, build some more houses, you know, blah, blah, blah. Annex some more land, you know, give some more benefits. No problema, right? Well, wrong. So now we're, uh, you know, literally facing, you know, at the edge of the cliff. And in Atwater's case, they wait till the last day. They have to get this thing uh, to the county. You know, there's an election coming up. I hate to tell you, there was a, the one we just had. And then there's going to be a, a bigger one, the uh, midterms. That are coming up in uh, November, uh, just a few months. Let's see. Let's do it together. July to August. August to September. September to October. Oh, Halloween. We love Halloween. October. Let's see. Uh, what's after October? November. How many fingers was that? One, two, three, four. So there's basically four months from uh, what today, this weekend, next Thursday. I don't know. There's there's about four months until there's another election. So you got to get this thing on the ballot. You got to uh, foment some public uh, desire because let me tell you, it wasn't there last time at one percent. They went from a half to one percent. And talking to the uh, perpetual mayor of Atwater, Joan Fall, she said that was too much, Casey. Take that cane. She points it at you. You know, if that, <laughs> i tell you what, Joan Fall pointing a cane at you. That'll get your attention. I love that woman. She is so involved in the city of Atwater. I can't even begin to tell you. And the community. Not just the city. The whole community. But that's another story for another day. Anyway, it was too much. Too mas, mas grande. Too much. Too buku. So the thing is, is uh, half cent. Now, they're going to decide today at 10.15. Over there under the solar panels, under the, you know, your car won't get hot. You park over there. That's going to be the new uh, police station someday. Again, again, Chief Salvador doing a great job over there. Well, the murder rate's going up. But other than that, doing a great job over there, making more with less, less with more. And uh, they're going to take over uh, 750 Bellevue. And then supposedly the city, the rest of the staff, is going to move downtown. I don't know. Maybe they're ordering furniture, couches. I, I don't know. Something. I thought that was going to happen. But uh, big, big, uh, big deal there in the city of Atwater with this public safety tax, fire and police. So, again, if you if you want to weigh in, uh, you might be able to make it over there by 1015 Saturday morning, 750 Bellevue Avenue. But I, I don't know. There was a lot of interesting things. Like I said, one of the council members, uh, Raymond, who uh, law and order, law and order and vote. You know, he uh, made the motion to pass the budget. 
there in Atwater this year. And uh, I'll tell you, it was a it was an amazing sight to watch them uh, all take credit for uh, the budget this year over there in the city of Atwater. I don't know if there was any chiropractic the next day for strained uh, rotator cups, you know, trying to reach the back, but it was. It was obviously an accomplishment, uh, a, a quote-unquote balanced budget. Still some issue, you know, unfunded pension liability, you know, those little, you know, little little skeletons in the closet. But hey, it's looking better. Now, there, there's still a few, still, still a couple of things that weren't mentioned besides the public safety tax. Again, the residents came up and talked about it. There's a uh, man in the cloth, I believe he's the chaplain for the police department also. I've seen him there in uniform with the little crossbars on the uh, on the lapel there and uh, usually he's very complimentary uh, to the city council anything the city of Atwater is doing a uh, cheerleader if you will of the city of Atwater but this time he came up and he said hey guys you know there's a I, uh, you know we have to call uh, have to call the balls have to call the strikes and uh, we're not doing our job when we're not protecting our police and that should be the number one priority and I agree public safety I don't care what city you're in. That's uh, number one priority. Police, fire. When you drop the dime at 2 a.m., you want somebody coming. You want first responders responding. And this is a very serious subject for the city of Atwater. And while they applaud themselves for a budget well done, your crime is out of control. Your murder rate is out of control. You have no solution. Of course, it's not after 10.15 as I talk to you. Maybe... By this morning, you'll have a solution, but I hope that you don't try to go for too much, too big of a bite of the apple. Again, we're headed into a recession if we're not there already. You know that old joke, it's a, it's a, it's a recession if your neighbor loses a jo- his job. It's a depression if you lose yours. Well, it's getting pretty bad if you haven't looked around, unless you're uh, agoraphobic and you haven't been outside. Uh, gas is out of sight. Diesel is out of sight. Rent's out of sight. Everything's, uh, everything's going up. And if you don't think that's going to trickle down into government, where those dollars that are there, I mean, there's not going to be a rescue plan every year. There's not going to be a bailout. There's not going to be, you know, millions and billions of dollars. That's why we're in the mess we're in. And so now we're going into a period of time and asking the citizenry for, well, I hope just the same. I think if you approach it at a half cent, and say your taxes aren't going to go up, they're going to stay the same, which, you know, I, semantics. But it's a little easier sell, isn't it? Because as I say, there are more needs. There's a lot more need than there is revenue. And the county of Merced has the same situation. And we talked about that last time after the results of the election, all of these high hopes of the uh, people in office that will give us that law and order that we so desperately crave that we that we desire the thirst that the community has to stop the assault on our private property rights the daily assault on our businesses on our community on our quality on our way of life and thinking if we get the right personnel in the right offices at the right time well that is part of the equation i agree but you have to have the facilities to put these folks that would desecrate, that would smear our community, that would criminalize our community. And this is the, this is, that would prey on our community. These are the people that we need to put away. And that may sound harsh in today's 
reformist attitude. You can have all the district attorneys, the tough sheriff, but if you don't have a jail and jail space, well, what good is all of that? Ankle monitors? That's what we're doing now, and that's not working. So we're going to have to have a public safety vehicle, tax, funds, resources, money, whatever you want to call it, either coming from the state who really, that, that's who owes us the money. The state of California has screwed us by giving us the problem and not the resources, not the funds to deal with it. And it's going to be up to us, I hate to say, to figure it out, either legislatively through good representation, or we're going to have to float a public safety tax here in the county to pay for more jail space if people truly want public safety. And that's just the cold hard fact. So the city of Atwater this morning, a big, big issue. The city of Merced, you'll fight, you'll face the same thing Tuesday night. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Again, I'm not so sure that's a done deal either. A lot of voices uh, thinking we should have affordable housing as part of public safety. Which, uh, again, that's a big stretch. The people are trying to make it. Hey, we're out of time. We'll be right back. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your Valley Merced's News Talk Station. 107.3 FM, for teaching yeah here we are citizen watch saturday morning third segment my name's casey steed the voice of your valley mercedes news talk station 107.3 fm 1480 am kyos that's right hot for steve teaching he uh, pulled it out of the fire and will be our superintendent for the next four years over there at the Merced County Office of Education. Again, the results certified here in the uh, election. Let me put this on pause. Certified in the election that happened back in back in June. It wasn't March this year. You know, it'll it'll be that when the presidential comes in two years. We'll be back to back to the March primary. The uh, November elections always November, but the uh, the first one they mess around with that because we want to be a player. In that electoral college. But uh, Steve Teachin, pulling it out of the fire. It was interesting how the sun started. I don't have the actual article here in front of me. I'll try to find it. Or maybe I won't. But it said something like, uh, made it, uh, held on. You know, uh, Steve Teachin, incumbent, held on over the challenger of Alarte. Who had really, you know, I don't don't understand uh, really what the platform was. Very uh, poor showing in uh, the debates, the ones that he showed up for. And again, you're just wondering if it's, a, you know, a check the box candidate, you know, uh, put up there because of, uh, you know, I, it, it's, it's sad. You know, the identity politics sometimes goes a little too far. And I think that uh, the clear choice won and uh, to say that, you know, held on, you know, it's kind of kind of unfair, 50, especially 58 percent. That's a pretty, pretty uh, good margin there, I think. Uh, 
you only need it 50 plus one, so 58. I mean, again, MCOE math, that's uh, that's almost 10% more. And uh, that's a lot, especially for somebody who's run for office and would love to have 50% plus one. But that's another story for another day. But Steve Teachin, uh, hand on the tiller over there at MCOE doing so many important things. And I'll tell you, the Virginia Smith Trust, for you folks that have uh, no idea, i got to reset my clock. I have no idea what's going on out there at the end of, well, at the end of Campus Parkway, which they'll be dedicating, uh, I think, Tuesday. You're going to be dedicating Campus Parkway out there, the third phase, which gets us all the way out there to Yosemite Avenue. That's right, a new crossing over Bear Creek, a new bridge for the uh, Bear Creek Yacht, Tub to, Yacht Club to clean up. I'm sure, I'm sure the transients have moved in already ahead of the ribbon cutting. They'll probably be there for the free cake and ice cream. But uh, the, the point being is the, uh, the Campus Parkway, absolutely huge out there uh, to get folks off the freeway out to UC Merced. And guess what is right before UC Merced, what they're going to hit first. That's right, the Virginia Smith Trust and Dr. Teachin, what he's doing out there with the developers. Uh, it's going to be exciting in the fact that, you know, again, the development community is vilified so many times. And asked to do so many things that's really out of their purview, uh, really just out of frustration from councils and things, uh, uh, you know, not knowing how to solve societal's ills on their own. So they want to put it on the backs of private enterprise, free enterprise, uh, the business community, the development community, you know, public housing, free housing, free this, free that, you know, all the amenities, you know, if you're going to build on the north side, build on the south side, you know, help us, help us. And there's only so much money, and it has to pencil out. But uh, the development that Steve Teachin is overseeing, Dr. Teachin, teaching our kids, hot for teacher, that's right, hot for teaching, what he's doing out there at the Virginia Smith Trust will give every child, every student that graduates here in Merced County a scholarship to go on to higher learning, to higher education. And that is huge, friends. That is that's absolutely huge. You don't hear developers do. I mean, you get a park, you know, maybe a baseball diamond, some bike paths, some trees. But uh, th this is this is huge. And that is in the word, a big word, perpetuity. That means forever. There's no sunset. It's not like the tax measures we talked about. It goes on and on and on. So it's really a really a good thing. That's just one of the races. We'll cover more as we because uh, we have a lot of time together today. We haven't had time together. We've been busy and uh, under the weather a little bit. I'll tell you, I got some. It wasn't COVID. Just to clarify, I don't think I finished the story. I did the home test. I didn't I didn't go out there to the fairgrounds. I, I don't know if they're even still out there. They probably are. It's probably some subsidized. They'll probably be out there forever. I don't know. Is this pandemic? Are we endemic? What, what are we? It's going on forever. But anyway, I did the home test. It was the one blue line. Now I know how, how, all, those, uh, how all those students feel. When they're wondering, am I or aren't I? I think there's a country western song, you know, waiting in the bathroom with a Walmart for the for the EPT to come through. But anyway, it was uh, it was one blue line. There was no uh, no pink line. That's the test I had. I don't know. They were made. They were still valid, but uh, tried it twice, and it was like having a, a science experiment. It reminded me of being in biology class. I had to have the test tubes, the the swab, you know, the this, the strip, you know, leave it in. You had to time yourself. It was it was very stressful, but uh, I guess it was just a regular old respiration or respiratory infection, but uh, just just uh, sad to be away from you guys. And uh, again, so many things going on. We 
came in here and did the news for a while, but we don't, we don't get to, to put our own spin on things. And isn't that what makes it fun? Hey, one of the things that uh, we did do the last time we talked, it was the buyer's day uh, where the, the animals, the, uh, the, the FFA, the 4-H students, uh, their animals go across the auction pit there and uh, get sold and go on to uh, greener pastures or to somebody's freezer after they're processed. And it's uh, really a lot of a lot of emotion that day, a lot of great stories, a lot of things that happen. And you never know what's going to happen. And one of the things that happened out there, it was, uh, it was, it was tragic and it was sad. It was, it was enlightening. It was hopeful. It gave you uh, faith in humanity. It was just everything rolled up into one. And uh, there was a, a girl out there, a young, a young lady who uh, did not, uh, was not able to attend the sale because her mother had passed away. Uh, very, uh, very, very, uh, very, very, very uh, suddenly. Uh, her name was Chloe Herrera, and the mother had uh, come down with uh, some sort of, uh, you know, flu-like symptoms or something. Went in, turned out to be a very uh, a worse situation than thought, and passed away. And uh, this was very, very un- unexpected. Obviously, a very young woman, a young daughter. Anyway, she had a project. She was with the Atwater. Uh, FFA, and uh, she had a crossbred swine. Uh, uh, John Derby does a good job in his uh, paper of uh, last week, June 23rd, covering this. Uh, And I'll just read part of this. When the swine was auctioned off, the crowd, uh, let's see, he said, uh, let's see, the story is about an FFA member who brought her crossbred swine to the fair to be auctioned off. Uh, her mother had passed away the very day that her daughter showed the animal which would be sold. When the swine was auctioned off, the crowd had heard about the girl's mother and the difficulty of life without her, and then the bidding went The bidding went wild. When the auctioneer finished the bidding, the swine sold for $65 a pound. Now, normally, you'll see animals go for four, five, six. Some people will bid them up. But uh, to th- this year, that's kind of what I saw, especially with the swine. Uh, the swine weighed 241 pounds. So, again, I'm not going to do my math. Jay Moraga Construction had the top bid. That was not enough, though, as there were other members of the crowd who wanted to raise more money for the girl and her family. Some donations were up to $1,000, and I, I think the amount was higher. I could be wrong. Uh, I thought they were taking some $1,500 donations. And the way it works there is you have this big you know, seating area, the, uh, the grandstands, if you will. You know, they're eight, nine uh, benches high, and... A fairly big area. I imagine there's three or four hundred people in this fairly confined area over there in the Hillmar Cheese Barn, and you hear the big fans roaring and the sawdust is blowing, and it was a warm day, and it was packed. It was to capacity, and there's a kind of a walkway in the back. It was it was packed. People standing room only. You couldn't see, and uh, the bidders have these blue bid cards with numbers on them, and that's your bidder number, and you hold those up if you want to bid on an animal. Uh, as the auction is going on, people are there in lawn chairs. I mean, they're camped out for the day. And this particular part of the auction was uh, was so emotional, it's, it's hard to describe without getting emotional myself. Everybody participated. There wasn't a dry eye in the house. You could hear a pin drop. The auctioneer was very clear in calling out the numerous cards that were held up. And they did it in different denominations. They'd start out at, let's say, $1,000 and... You know, maybe 50 cards would go up, and then they'd go to $500, and all these cards would go up. It was just, it was just incredible. I continue with John Derby's uh, 
editorial, by the time all was said and done, the auction raised $79,467.66 for the young girl and her family. The story will not make national news, but in minds and hearts of the local county fair participants and the FFA and the 4-H supporters, it will go down as a record for the most ever raised on the sale of one animal. It also speaks well of the kind of people who are involved with the fair and make special this valley where we live. And I echo those sentiments and those thoughts. It was special. It was, it was magical. And the things that happened at the fair this year, it was, uh, well, like I say, I've never had too much fun. And it was a lot of fun. There was so much going on. And this story of incredible grief, of sadness, of, of just incomprehensible pain that this family must be feeling and have felt at one of the, supposed to be the funnest time of the year, your culmination of the hard work. And then an unexpected event, a life-changing event happens. And the response of the community, the response of the people there in that barn, in that dusty barn, that hot, dusty barn on that Saturday afternoon was incredible. The auctioneer had a hard time getting through it, but he did. And I hope the family can get through it also and realize that the community support is just incredible. And it extended to other areas of the auction. It was a record-breaking auction in, in all kinds of ways. 100, 129 animals uh, generating $37,000 in sales. The dairy replacement sales uh, heifers, 232000 Uh the Junior Livestock Auction presented by the American Agri-Credit, AgriCredit held at the Hillmar Cheese Barn again on Saturday generated a record-breaking $1,155,155 in sales by 4-H, FFA, and independent exhibitors, far surpassing the sales totals from 2021, which were $860,000, almost $861,000. Uh, an incredible 34% increase. And it just it, ju it just goes to show uh, what happens uh, when the community rallies around its future. And its future is the children, of the young adults that show those animals. Because we are ag. Where water flows, food grows. And the ranchers and farmers and people involved in all of the spin-off industries of agriculture in this community are such giving people. And there's so many nameless folks out there that gave of themselves that day to Chloe Herrera, who was faced with an incredible tragedy. And money doesn't help everything, but it, but it helps. And it's great to see that outpouring of community, what, what people can do. You're at a loss. You don't know what to say, but... That's what was done, and it was it was a wonderful fair. It was a wonderful event, as I told you. The uh, Casa Court Appointed Special Advocates had a beer booth this year for the first time. Very very successful. I want to thank everybody that came by and then, and said so many nice words, so many nice comments. Uh, it was an incredible time, an incredible experience. Hopefully that'll be duplicated next year. I'm really looking forward to the fair. 
And I, and I hope that uh, the Herrera family finds some solace in that day in what happened in that sales barn and know that the community loves them and knows that that tragedy could befall anybody. Life is so precious, it's so short. And uh, it, was, it was on display, everything that was going on. So many other things to talk about at the fair, but we're out of time. Maybe we'll talk about them later today in other hours. But coming up, Roger Wood. You don't want to miss him. Community Conversations. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk. 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.